It's a beautiful day and a fine time for healing. Podcast host Randy Fine, a narcissistic abuse expert and the author of the groundbreaking book, Close Encounters of the Worst Kind, and the captivating memoir, Cliff Edge Road, invites you into her sanctuary, a place where your physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being are all that matter. So put your feet up, relax, and enjoy today's show. And now, here's Randy. Good morning. Thank you for tuning in to listen to A Fine Time for Healing. I am your show host, Randy Fine. Today's guest, Yolanda Harper, is a therapist by trade, a licensed clinical social worker specializing in trauma and post-traumatic growth, and an ART practitioner. Her most meaningful work is to bear witness to people's stories of struggle, strife, grit, and growth. She is the co-founder and co-executive director of Harper Therapy in Lutz, Florida. ART, or Accelerated Resolution Therapy, is an evidence-based psychotherapy that has demonstrated proven results in treating individuals with PTSD. It is an eye movement therapy that is different from traditional talk therapy. You'll find relief from the memories that play on a loop in your brain, and you don't have to talk in detail about what happened. ART allows you to heal from difficult experiences without having to relive them over and over again. Clients follow a trained therapist's hand movements with their eyes, a form of bilateral stimulation of the brain. The process enables clients to reconsolidate their memories. While they can still recall the troubling event, they no longer experience unpleasant physical and emotional symptoms when thinking of it. ART clinicians are currently treating their clients during the pandemic through telehealth using a unique setup which Another person, usually a family member, must be present with the client while the session proceeds. And uh, we're going to talk about all this and elaborate on on it um, because I know you're interested. Um, We're all kind of suffering right now, and those who have had trauma-based pasts are suffering even more. So let me introduce my guest. Good morning, Yolanda. Good morning, Randy. I'm so thankful to have this opportunity to have a conversation with you today. Oh, that's wonderful. I'm really thankful to have you. Um, it's it's very timely. You say um, you say that emotions are your superpower. <laughs> what do you mean by that? Yeah. With, yeah. You know, I I am one of those people. I have tried throughout my life. Uh, you know, those people who have the ability to like turn off the tears. I have never been able to do that. (laughs) So I have always, always felt emotions very deeply. And um, for a good part of my life, I thought that was like a bad thing, you know, (laughs) Um, until I really opened up and embraced, like, this is my superpower and my ability to feel my emotions, to connect with them, and to bring that um, into uh, empathy with other people is, you know, a gift to the world. So if if there are listeners who are kind of in a similar boat, then claim it as your gift. 
Yeah. So would you consider yourself an empath? Are you someone who absorbs? Oh, absolutely. Really? Okay. All right. <laughs> so, so, so this is perfect. Highly sensitive, empathic, all of that. Yeah. All that. Great. Okay. Well, me too. And many of my uh-huh. listeners are, are as well. Um, so that's really great that you'll be able to relate to everyone on that level. Um, you know, it's I think more it's difficult. A personality trait. Yeah, wow. I think it's a personality trait, and then it's it's finally honed a lot of times by our past experiences. Oh, clearly. I mean, you know, everyone that I've ever um, dealt with, talked to, counseled, whatever, um, who has had a difficult past. Um, a tumultuous childhood is what I mean, mm-hmm. with anger mm-hmm. and unpredictably an unpredictable emotional environment, um, mm-hmm. becomes empathic because they develop a sensitivity to their environment in order to in- anticipate what's going to happen. And so yeah. um, that we take that into adulthood. Now, as as an empath, what do you do to keep from absorbing the pain of um, of your clients and your patients? That is a really fantastic question, and it's a, a, a process that I'm continually honing. Um, one, we have I have two therapy dogs um, who are my co co therapists, and they are great at that. They're great to create a safe environment for clients as they come in, but then they're also kind of that grounding presence for me too. Um, And then I have a very active meditation practice, yoga practice, um, all all of those things, you know, journaling, uh, creative expression. So I actively lean into those things as well. That's that's really great. Being out in nature. Do you have to do cleansing? Do you have to do cleansing? Sometimes do you have to cleanse yourself? Like, um, yeah, 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 physically, mentally, spiritually, yeah, yeah, all of that is part of the process. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's difficult, you know, um, but it does make you an excellent, excellent therapist. So let's right. talk about um, ART or accelerated resolution therapy. So as I described it, it's is mm-hmm. an evidence based psychotherapy, mm-hmm. and it is. Um, and eye movement therapy. So we've talked yeah. about EMDR on this show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell us how it is alike and different than EMDR. So I will. I always preface this part of a conversation um, with people by saying I am a master trained ART clinician. I'm not trained in EMDR. So um, so that that's just a caveat. As I into this part of the conversation, both use bilateral stimulation. With EMDR, um, EMDR therapists are open to other forms of bilateral stimulation in addition to the eye movement. So sometimes that's like audio or tapping. Um, and, and what with accelerated resolution therapy, we stick just to the eye movement because we believe that the mechanism of using the eye movements for bilateral stimulation, one, closely mimics. It's not exactly the same as REM sleep, what happens with the eyes during REM sleep, um, but it simulates something similar. And um, we just think that it, it accesses deeper parts of the brain. So that's one difference. Another difference is that 
ART, the protocol is more specific and more directive. And with EMDR, um, more of the focus is on thoughts and cognition. But with um, accelerated resolution therapy, more of the focus is on uh, images and on somatic experiences. So, you know, the, the age old, you know, the body keeps the score. There's more of a focus on somatic experience and emotions that are stored in the body as opposed to thoughts and cognitions. And what we find is that when we address the emotions and the somatic piece, the, the cognitions naturally change. So those are some of the primary differences between mm -hmm. ART and EMDR. Hmm. Okay, that's that's interesting. Mm -hmm. um, I and 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 I like that because many people are not cognitively in touch. And I know that the the mm -hmm. the eye movement therapy is supposed to release the memories and um, mm -hmm. you know and the trauma associated with it. Um, but some people have a hard time getting to that place in thought. But they right. do experience it in somatically in their body. Oh, um, automatically, yeah. In, in right. fact, um, accelerated resolution therapy was born out of EMDR. The found, founder, uh, Lainey Rosenzweig, was trained in EMDR. And um, part of that training is that you have ongoing consultation after you're trained. And as she would go to these consultation meetings, she would be describing success that she was having with her clients um, in the way that she was helping them. And the consultant said, you know, I don't know what you're doing, but this is not EMDR. So either call it something else or, you know, stop doing it that way. And she said, well, what I'm doing is working, so I'm not going to do it the other way. Let me call it something else. Mm. So it does have its premise in EMDR. That's, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. um, so tell us, tell us what 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 um, we would experience if we were in a a accelerated resolution resolution therapy session. What would we experience? Yeah. So, and this is where it is not traditional talk therapy because again, um, part of the challenge with those traditional talk therapies, not that there's anything wrong with them. But, you know, I use talk therapy as well as ART. Um, but, you know, it keeps us kind of in our prefrontal cortex and out of the limbic system, you know what I'm saying? So it's mm -hmm. not really um, addressing the underlying emotions and somatic experiences um, when we just stick with talk. So what happens during an ART session is that I will sit just in front of the client um, or these days with uh, virtual sessions on the other side of the screen. And I move my hand back and forth in front of the client's eyes to help the, the client just move their eyes from side to side of their eye socket. So what happens with that is twofold. One, those eye movements are very, very calming to the body. It, it automatically creates a relaxation effect. Um, so the body calms. And then those eye movements also access deeper parts of the brain to open um, the subconscious and unconscious thinking as opposed to, you know, staying in the conscious brain, which is what happens during traditional talk sessions. So we use the eye movements to calm down those physical sensations, those somatic sensations that automatically come up when you think about a distressing event. 
I mean, even when you think about it, that, you know, your body has that response of tightening, of the increase of heart rate, all of those uncomfortable sensations that come up. So we're able to calm those sensations, and then after they're calm, then we go into opening up the memory itself and using that concept of memory reconsolidation. So we have the client play through um, one of those distressing events, and as we're doing that, we're breaking it up and using the calming aspect of the eye movement so it doesn't become too overwhelming. So that's kind of the process. We kind of alternate back and forth between those things. And then we, um, through that premise of memory reconsolidation, allow for some rescripting of the memory. Um, and that leaves the client feeling so many different things by the end of the session. Um, lighter, more powerful, um, more peaceful, calm, I mean, depending on the event that they're focused on um, just feeling so much better. It's like taking an R-rated movie and editing it to a G-rated movie. You know, the client will always have the knowledge of the event and the details, but without the emotional hook. Right, exactly. Um, And so most clients report that their symptoms completely fade in one to six ART sessions. That's that's what I have in my notes. (laughs) Is that true? Right. Yeah, well, again, it depends on the history of the client and what their experiences have been. If there is one um, isolated traumatic event, then definitely we clean that up. Um, Most of us don't have that luxury, though, of just having one. (laughs) Right. um, So definitely between one and six. Uh, But the client is definitely feeling better after the first session, even if there is some cleanup work to do after that. Hmm. So when you say cleanup work, um, are you talking mm-hmm. about um, are you talking about talk therapy following it or um, no? That okay. that might be another follow up ART session. So what is really what I love about accelerated resolution therapy as a therapist is that I follow my client's brain for what it's telling me it needs for healing in that moment. Mm-hmm. So. That is what I'm doing during an ART session, and it might be that the brain is focused on one specific element of a traumatic event during one ART session, and once that's resolved, it opens up to go a little bit deeper or to focus on a different portion of a traumatic event. That actually doesn't happen very often. I mean, usually it is like that that issue is, pretty much resolved in the one session, and then the client is able to identify um, some some additional um, traumatic events that, that maybe may be linked or are still actively, you know, a problem, um, and then we work on those things. So that's kind of in that range of the one to six as well, if that, if that makes sense, Randy. Yeah, no, it does. It does. It makes sense. Yeah. Um, so this works on PTSD and complex PTSD? Absolutely, oh, absolutely. So the the only difference between post traumatic stress and complex trauma is that we just go a little bit slower, and it takes a little bit more time with complex trauma because it's complex. It's been around a lot longer. There are more lingering effects from complex trauma. 
And so you're doing this um, now remotely because obviously, mm-hmm. um, you know, a lot of offices are, are doing that virtually. So um, mm-hmm. what would somebody experience if they were doing this remotely right now? So I, it's been interesting to navigate the remote world of accelerated resolution therapy. But pre-COVID, um, I, I would have told you there's no way that I would do a virtual session. It's just I prefer it in person and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, obviously, things have changed a lot. And so those of us who do practice accelerated resolution therapy have been exploring different ways of meeting that need of our clients and doing that in a way that is safe. Um, so one way is that um, a client will have someone on their end of the screen, a family member or someone safe, um, that, to help administer the eye movement um, as the clinician on the other side of the screen is walking through the protocol. Um, mm-hmm. That is one way of doing it. And then that way, you know, we have someone there on site if need be. Um, an additional way is to make sure that someone is on site that, um, we can that can step in if there is something emergent that happens, but the therapist facilitates the eye movement through through the screen. Um, that's been my preference, and um, that has worked fine. So is the um, it, is there safe person um, actually doing the back and forth with their hand, or you're doing that? It, it depends on the therapist's comfort level. In one scenario, yes, the, the safe person would be moving their hand back and forth. Um, and in other cases, the therapist, I just move my hand back and forth in front of the camera and the screen. Okay. So, you know, I've asked um, exactly how this works and what it's actually doing on the brain, and nobody seems to really know. Do, do you? I know. <laughs> they say, well, it just, it just works, right? Right. So do you, do you know? Do you have any more insight than anybody else as to why this is actually working? <laughs> so I have, I have had the honor of helping to assist with a lot of the research that allows us to be an evidence-based practice. Um, that's been done through the University of South Florida, primarily um, under the guidance of Dr. Kevin Kipp. And, you know, what I've learned about research is that it's, it's long and complicated. <laughs> it's a long and complicated process, and it requires funding that, you know, can be a challenge to get sometimes. Um, what we are finding in the latest round Wait, of, you're, bra- you're um, breaking up. Are you on a speaker? No, I'm actually on my um, – I have headphones in. Is it still breaking up? It's a little bit better. You, yeah, just be closer and – yeah, okay. Okay. So um, yeah, what – you, okay. What kind of some preliminary information that we've got, is, got from the latest round of research, which I'm not sure if it's going to be published or not because COVID kind of interfered with that, um, but – this round of research um, actually used EEG technology where the participant was hooked up to those brainwave monitors during the session so that we could see what was happening mechanistically. They also had a heart rate monitor on, and the therapist had a heart rate monitor on as well. Um, So we were kind of able to keep track of those things as well. What we found, you know, just preliminarily, 
um, is that there was an increase of gamma brainwave activity. And gamma brainwaves are kind of that higher consciousness, kind of more spiritual um, problem-solving um, brainwave activity. So that's our best guess so far until we can get some more research. Hmm. So are you, um, are you speaking to the person to help release things while you're actually doing the movement, the, helping them with the eye movement? That's um, another one of the... Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's another one of the beautiful things about ART um, is that there's not a ton of talking. Now, certainly we do talk to kind of give instruction and to show support and that kind of thing, um, but the client doesn't have to verbalize anything of what they're working on. I've done several ART sessions where I don't know the details of the traumatic event that we're working through. Um, and that can be really beneficial for someone who doesn't want to give, you know, to verbalize those experiences, um, especially sexual assault, I've noticed. And so, you know, we do more eye movements than talking. We let the brain do the work with the eye movements. That is so beneficial to so many people. You know, I'm sure that absolutely. Um, yeah, that's that's so much less intimidating and 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 fearful. Um, absolutely. Of, you know, of the process because people are afraid of things coming up. So, so it doesn't have to actually be. It doesn't have to reach the cognitive level in order to be resolved. Right. We want it to. We want it to stay in the subconscious. <laughs> It gets resolved better when when we when we keep it with the eye movements and the subconscious and the higher consciousness than when we bring the you know the prefrontal cortex online. That is so interesting. Um, I really really like that. So with so you said with um, EMDR, it's more on a cognitive level. You're remembering things are coming up as far as memories. Um, right, and you're wanting to change cognitions about the memories. You know, a, a primary component of EMDR, again, based on my understanding of EMDR, having not been trained in it, um, is that, you're, you know, you're wanting to change the cognitions around the trauma. Um, you know, I'm a bad person, or I, it was my fault that that happened, or, mm-hmm. you know, those types of things. Okay. But, again, when we focus on the somatic experience and the emotions at the subconscious level, those, those cognitions have to change um, automatically. I didn't deserve this. I'm a good person. You know, that person, you know, my abuser is the one who is responsible, who should be held accountable. It sounds magical. <laughs> I know. It really it really is kind of that experience. It's, it's funny because there are times, and I have been trained in using the therapy since 2012, and there are times that I still kind of pause and think, this is really weird. This is some really weird stuff that I do. <laughs> and, you know, especially as I'm describing it to clients and I'm describing it to people. Um, but then I just keep circling back to, well, it, it is weird, but we do it because it works. So how did you get into this? Um, how long were you um, a licensed social worker before you um, – embraced um, ART? Well, I I was a later returning student when I went to graduate school to 
um, get my training um, in therapy. And I knew, based on my, my own past, that I would want to focus on trauma. Um, during my internship, during graduate school, I was actually placed at uh, the, uh, the VA. And during my experience there, I observed a prolonged exposure session with a Vietnam veteran. And that prolonged exposure is just the rehashing and the retelling of the story over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And um, that was just traumatizing for me as, a, as an empath, um, especially. I just walked out of that session thinking, I don't know what trauma therapy looks like, but there's got to be something aside from this. Um, And then I did hear about EMDR, and I thought, well, that's really weird, but it's got to be better than the prolonged exposure um, thing. And a colleague of mine actually was trained in accelerated resolution therapy and was just raving about the results that she was getting um, with her clients. And I wasn't even licensed yet, and they had some restrictions around um, training clinicians who weren't licensed. But as soon as I could, I jumped into that training and started using it right away and then did the advanced and enhanced training and became a master, you know, master ART clinician and had since become, you know, a trainer myself and um, had done a TED Talk. So it has been the premise of my practice of my clinical um, my clinical life and there was just a brief period of time um, that I was waiting for licensure that I did not have ART as a tool and I still think back to those clients and how I, I wish I could go back and use ART with those, those clients who didn't have the benefit of my having that training at that time so you've been doing it for you know most of your practice Pretty much, yes, and I'm very yeah. thankful to have had this from the from the get go. I I could not imagine um, doing the the depth of trauma work that I do without having ART. Hmm. How long does it take to actually um, learn the process? You know, it's really amazing. Training is a three day three days, and um, we teach the whole kit and caboodle in three days, and um, I really encourage the clinicians that I train to go back into their offices the following workday and start using it right out of the gate. Hmm. And the ones that are most successful are the ones that do that. Hmm. Do you have to be a licensed um, clinician in order to to do this? Yeah, within six months of licensure, yes, just so that you have that, that foundation. Right. One of the beautiful things about the training is that it's an experiential training, Um, and I think that's one of the things that makes it so powerful. So as we go, as clinicians, when we're going through the training ourselves, we have our own ART sessions during the training, so we get to know firsthand what the therapy is like. So what you were describing at the VA was this loop that um, people that have had trauma get stuck in. It's this mental loop that they cannot seem to right. get out of. Um, right. And that is very frustrating. And I know that the people that I work with, many of them have that loop. And, right. But there, some of them don't want to talk about it, but some of them really do. So. Yeah. What happens with people who really want to tell you what happened to them and what? they want to keep telling you 
Um, sure. You know, would, are they good candidates for this? And, and at what point would um, would they stop feeling that need to do that? Yeah, usually by the time people um, find me, they've tried that loop over and over again. They realize how it's not working very well for them. Um, so those are those. I would say those are two different sessions. One to like, yes, give me the history. Tell me what. Tell me what you need to tell me about what happened. Um, but when we do ART, we're going to use the eye movement because I care too much about you to let you stay in this loop, and that's why you're here is to get help. Right. Right. It's so, so it's, painful. it's a combination of both. It's, it's giving them the opportunity to give voice to that and and then kind of putting some parameters around that and saying, okay, you've told me, and now let's do something about it. So that's kind of the intake portion of... Um, yeah. Yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah, because, yeah, people... People want to tell their story and often need to tell their story. They may not want to go into depth, but they, they feel, you know, because nobody else really wants to listen to their story. And, right, um, right. You know, There's the, the avenue of being heard, and that is part of the trauma, too. Like, this happened, and no one saw me, no one heard, you know, no one was there. And so giving that space for that and then saying, yes, I hear you, I see you, I feel that with you. And again, let's do something about it. And that, and you know, that is part of what helps them to step into. Wow, this is really big and scary. It feels pretty intense. To you know, it feels like I'm opening Pandora's box by you know actually using eye movements and focusing on it. And you know, that's where I gently remind clients, you know, you, you're afraid of opening Pandora's box, but actually you've been living in it. So let's get you out. Mm, that's really a good way to say that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that must be so such a relief for people who have been suffering like this and have not been able to get you know relief. Are there many ART clinicians um, around? Is this just in the United States, or is this happening in other countries as well? Being used in other countries as well. Yeah, so um, it you know it's been beautiful since I've been in the ART community for so long now to watch it grow. And, um, you know, when I was first trained, there were just clinicians in Florida and in Connecticut. Laney Rosenzweig, the developer, lives in Connecticut. The, the research um, was done here in Florida. So there were these little, you know, hot spots of uh, clinicians in those areas. And over the years, it spread throughout the United States. It spread to Canada. We actually um, have had people come from Europe to, to train. Um, so slowly but surely and steadily, it's, it's getting out there so that more and more people can find relief. So are you a trainer as well as um, a practitioner? I am. I am. I've had the good fortune of, of being a trainer for a number of years now. And I, I have to tell you, it is it, – the it's such a spiritual process for me to be able to sit one-on-one with a client and see them dig deep and do the hard work to resolve trauma and be present in that and see how that changes their lives. And then as a trainer, I just carry that forward to the magnitude of the number of therapists who are sitting in the room training with me that, you know, I, in some small way I get to be a part of them going back to their clients to bring healing to them, too. 
So it's, it gives me goosebumps <laughs> just talking about it. Oh, my gosh. And that must be so fulfilling. It's beautiful. That's, that's it's such beautiful. a powerful tool to, to have. Um, you know, I can appreciate it, it really that. Is. Yeah. Yeah, and it's nice. You know, trauma work is heavy work. Uh, you know, that's kind of how we started our conversation out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but just knowing um, going into a tough session that I know is going to be really intense for my clients and knowing that they have real concern and some trepidation about, you know, doing what they're, you know, stepping up to do. And I just cannot say to them enough how courageous I know them to be by doing that. I mean, for them, it feels like their weakest kind of face down in the dirt moment. And the way that I see it is that is the most strong and courageous I've ever seen anyone um, and then to, you know, walk through that. And, and that's my commitment to, to people as we start a session. You know, I'll remind them, we're in this together. And we're not going to finish until you're feeling better about this. Um, and that can be some heavy lifting all the way around in the room. That can be a lot. Um, but to know what is on the other side um, and to know that outcome comes consistently, um, that's what keeps me in the game. You are the co-founder and co-executive director of Harper Therapy in, um, it's basically in Tampa, Lutz, Florida. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, is your practice, uh, does everyone in your practice do ART? Yeah, yeah, we all do. It's that important. Um, we are a trauma-focused clinic. Uh, we focus on helping um, our community heal from trauma and the impact of trauma on our lives and relationships. So we see adults and older teens, and we do see couples. Um, but it's so important to me as the co-founder um, and a, an ART practitioner that if someone isn't already using ART in their clinical um, work when they join our team, then we train them. What What's the youngest age that um, someone would be eligible to um, to use this process? This therapy. So, the, yeah, there are three requirements for ART. Can you hold a thought? Can you move your eyes back and forth? And are you motivated? So there are some therapists who work with very young kids. Um, uh, gosh, if I were to put an age out there, I'm sure that there would be a therapist who would say, no, I work with kids younger. <laughs> mm. The youngest that I have worked with is seven. Um, and you know that does take a little bit of creativity when you're working with a younger with a younger child, um, but they do benefit from it. And um, it, in our practice, we know that we do our best work with the older teens and above. So we see high school age and adults. Hmm. Um, is there like a is there a central place that people can go? to find a therapist in their location? Yeah. So there are two um, avenues that you can search for ART clinicians. One is um, acceleratedresolutiontherapy.com, and the other is the website for ART International, um, and that's artherapyinternational.org. And... both of those websites have listings of clinicians 
um, that you can do a search. So you mentioned that um, you did a TED Talk. Um, mm-hmm. So the TED Talk was on Excel- accelerated resolution therapy? Yeah, it was titled The Power of Eye Movements in the Brain. Um, my hope with the TED Talk um, was to be able to have, to, to be able to give information. You know, it's unfortunate that in our society and even in the mental health field, up until very recently, there was this thought that there's no healing from trauma, that it's something that you just figure out how to cope with or, you know, you know, you just figure out a way to, to live with it. And I wanted, my goal with the TED Talk was to let people know that there is hope, growth, and healing from trauma, and accelerated resolution therapy is a mechanism um, for that. And my hope was that if one person heard what I had to say and, and looked at the website and found, you know, a therapist that could help them, then that would be success. So they didn't feel like they were going to shoulder this tra- traumatic experience and the anxiety and the panic attacks and the flashbacks and the nightmares that go along with it and, the, you know, the disruption to relationships and health and, and all that comes with trauma. Um, that they didn't have to carry that with them for the rest of their lives. Where can we listen to that TED Talk? If you do a search on um, YouTube, Yolanda Harper, um, then it comes up. Hmm. I think that the Art International website and the um, AcceleratedResolutionTherapy.com website, I think they have links to it. Um, There's a link to it on our Harper Therapy website. Well, wow, that's really um, well, congratulations on getting to that level because um, I know TED Talks are not easy to to get, and um, it must you must have been must have been very good at <laughs> what you did. You um, know, it's synchronicity. I think you know the universe collaborates when the time is right, and um, <laughs> I, again, I, I nothing it, it just happened to work out. Um, I feel very fortunate to have had the opportunity. Um, and to give voice to a message, you know, there are a lot of a lot of really awesome therapists out there who are giving voice to the same message, um, right. including, you know, and, and, and thankful for for people like you and uh, you know, just all of us who are working diligently to bring mental and emotional well-being to the forefront of our community conversations. I, I applaud all of us. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it it takes a lot of people. There's there's <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, most everybody has had some sort of trauma. Um absolutely. of course Whether some worse than others. Mhm. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Just life that's itself. Why I appreciate your conversation. Yeah, that's why I appreciate your conversation about complex trauma because, you know, predominantly when people come into my office with with problems and with you know, the ways that their traumatic past are bubbling up for them, they don't consider what they've been through trauma. When I ask them, you know, when I say the word trauma, what comes to mind? They say war, you know, natural disaster, these these experiences, but they kind of dismiss what what they've gone through as trauma. So it's so yeah, it's true because um so many people do not associate emotional trauma as being Right. Um, that damaging to them, and right. yet, you know, I believe emotional trauma is worse 
than physical trauma, oh, not, to, not to diminish physical trauma, but right. emotional trauma is so much harder to work oh, through. Yeah. And you and I both know it's, it's, there are plenty of situations where people are like, I'd rather you hit me. <laughs> and again, not to diminish that, because that's horrible enough as it is. Right. Right. But that's the reality of the of this topic that we're that we're talking exactly. about. So until we give voice to it, people don't people don't. There's that wow, that common humanity piece. That oh, I thought I thought it was just me. You know, <laughs> it's not just me. Right. You know when um, generally when people come to me, if they haven't really talked to anybody before. Um, they question what they're telling me as they're saying it because they're not even mm-hmm. sure that what they've experienced is worth discussing. Right. Um, they're, they're not right. sure that it was abuse. They're not, you know, they're not sure that they have even the right to yeah. be suffering from that kind of thing. Um, and often. Uh, those who have been abused in childhood, narcissistically, um, many, if it's been a co- if it was a covert um, narcissistic parent, that person will not even realize that they've been abused. They just know right. that they're suffering, and they don't even know why. Right. So yeah, so it right. it's, it and goes then very compare. deep. Yeah, yeah, and then there's the comparison. Well, you know, these other people have it so much worse. I shouldn't complain. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So what I wanted to ask you is, um, so so what you were saying is that you know the memory will still be there, but the emotional yeah. uh, impact is is you know not a, it's not associated with it anymore. Mm-hmm. You don't suffer mm-hmm. over the memory. Yeah. So. Yeah, um, so that's really the same as, um, you know, as any other kind of healing. That's really the goal, is to get rid of the negative or painful emotion mm-hmm. associated with the trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So so this is not going to, ART is not going to erase the experience, right? You will have the, you will have the facts about the, the the event you will be able to like a reporter say on this day it, I the way that I liken it is it's like me saying last Tuesday for breakfast I had oatmeal I can report it as a fact and that's what is fascinating about the science around memory reconsolidation um, and if you're interested in that there's a fantastic documentary called Memory Hackers um, but more simply put it's very similar to the movie, the Pixar movie Inside Out, if you're familiar with that. When what happens with memory, we, we think that it's the static thing stored solidly in our brain. But in actuality, when we pull a memory out of storage in our brain, um, especially a traumatic memory that typically is stored in the limbic system and has those connections to the sensory parts of our brain, when we pull that up, bring eye movements for calming and relaxation, and then couple that with a positive experience, and that's the rescripting part, then it loosens the hold of the intense emotions hmm. around that memory. That can be stored in long-term memory storage. 
Yeah, it just sounds like such a wonderful tool. When when was this um when was this actually created? When was ART? How long has it been available? Yeah, to, since 2008. That's when Lainey Rosenzweig um, realized that what she was doing was different than the EMDR DR that, that she had been trained in and that it was just really magnificently, um, powerfully helpful. Hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm really surprised that, you know, I haven't heard about it because, um, yeah. because I right, I hear about so many things. I mean, I get uh, so many pitches come across my, you know, mm-hmm. through my email, and um, mm-hmm. of really every kind of thing about um, about wellness. And this is the first time mm-hmm. this came through my email, and I'm like, "Ha, huh, that's a new one." But so I, synchronicity, <laughs> yeah, synchronicity again. So I yeah, I know, but I, I um, the... mm-hmm. I like that's what I do. I mean, I there's um. Very few of the pitches that come through I actually will do a show about because I want things that are new that I can introduce mm-hmm. and, um, you know, make people aware of different things because not every kind of um, <clears throat> of help or therapy or um, mm-hmm. process is right for every single person. Like, um, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Like I've re- I've recommended EMDR to people and they're like I don't that I don't like it you know <laughs> I mm-hmm. just don't like it. okay mm-hmm. well let's move on to something mm-hmm. else <laughs> let's right. try something yeah. else so it's you yeah. know everything okay. is it's not all for everything so um, what else did you is there anything else that you wanted to tell us about um, about what you do and or accelerated resolution therapy that I haven't actually brought up you know I. Um, I think that as far as ART goes, if you so typically what happens is people have kind of gone through the therapy gamut. Um, they've tried other forms of therapy that haven't been helpful, um, and they look at some of the alternative things like accelerated resolution therapy, and they're like, well, okay, this is kind of my last-ditch effort. So if you have tried other forms of therapy that have not been as helpful for you as you would have hoped, give this one a try. It's different. It's different. You don't have to talk about what you've experienced. Um, And it's a game changer. It's a game changer. Um, As far as uh, what we do, again, our practice is in Leeds, Florida, just outside of Tampa. Um, Via telehealth, we're able to help people throughout the state of Florida, which is where our license um, is. And then, you know, pre-COVID, I was um, offering intensive, individual two-day intensive. And to be honest with you, we are um, doing a combination of telehealth, and then we are safely back in the office with masks and, um, you know, the distance that each of our offices is big enough for us to facilitate that, and so, you know, um, we are still able to help uh, people in the office. And, you know, hopefully um, at some point we'll be able to get back to uh, my offering the intensives where someone comes in for two days, two full days of um, all of the components of therapy that I know work best, primarily focused around accelerated resolution therapy with some self-compassion and um, Daring Way, um, Brene Brown's Daring Way um, work um, mixed in. Um, And so 
clients are able to come in and have two days of very focused work, and that's a game changer too, instead of weeks and weeks and weeks of drawn out therapy. Um, so I am looking forward to, you know, getting back to offering intensives, hopefully sooner rather than later, but who knows. Right. So <laughs> you're licensed in Florida, but can you, can you do teletherapy outside of Florida or not? Unfortunately, no. Our license is restricted to the state that we're licensed in. That's just kind oh, okay. of the state of, of mental health in America right now. Okay. <laughs> that will change, but yeah. 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 Okay. All right. But especially uh, during pandemic, there's a lot of things coming out sideways for people. We're under, you know, this is a this is a global trauma, and the trauma that is already there has been layered and layered and layered with everything that's been happening recently in our in our society with the pandemic and racial issues and, and et cetera, et cetera. So please get help. Reach out. Um, don't let things slide into further crisis before you get the help that you deserve. That's an awesome message. Does this work on depression? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We actually have a protocol for trauma, and then we have a protocol more specifically for anxiety and depression. Um, but certainly if there's traumatic um, history, then addressing the underlying trauma often really does a lot of good work to help resolve the depression. That's what we found in the studies, too. Depression um, decreases, anxiety decreases. Self, uh, self-compassion increases. Um, sleep is you know, more benefit, you know, it is improved. All of those things are in the studies, which you can find on those websites, too. Is this something that's covered by health insurance? Is it expensive? What can we expect? It depends on the therapist. Um, If a therapist is in network with um, your insurance company, then depending on your, um, your mental health benefits, um, it would be covered. Um, a lot of us are out-of-network providers, so um, what that means is that you pay for the session fee up front and submit what we call a super bill to your insurance company. And depending, again, on your policy, uh, they reimburse a portion of uh, of the fee to you for that. So okay. it, it just everyone's health insurance is so varied. It just depends on your policy. Right. You know, it's really the best therapies that are out there, um, and sometimes even the best physicians are the ones mm-hmm. that are out of network because they're, yeah. you know, they're able to do things that are not um, dictated by and an insurance they don't company. They have to play by the insurance. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, and, and though it's... Out of ex- the box, so. mm-hmm. <laughs> right, exactly. And though it's ex- it can be very expensive, it can also be very beneficial. Um, but so it's hard for... Yeah, oh, absolutely. I understand the financial component, but I really believe that in the long run, people save money um, Mm -hmm. in the long run um, because you can have a brief period of time where you are paying out of of pocket. And, again, I I totally understand the financial implications of that versus, like, months and months or years of ongoing Mm. um, weekly therapy. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, when people tell me that they've been in therapy for years over this issue, uh, yeah. I say, yeah. oh, my God, you know, that, that just doesn't have to be. That right, just doesn't absolutely. have to be. Nobody should have to be in therapy for years over an issue. No. 
Um, let me so, let me just be very clear. If your therapist does not talk with you at the very beginning about what your goals are for therapy, and and if you aren't having that conversation about your uh, progress towards those goals with your therapist on a regular basis, then you might need to look for another therapist. Mm-hmm. I'll just be Absolutely. very blunt and say that. <laughs> yeah, that's a real. It's really good advice. Really good advice. Um, so what is the website that uh, we would go to to um, get in touch with you or someone in your someone else in your practice? Yeah, so we are found on the web at harpertherapy.com, H-A-R-P-E-R, harpertherapy.com. Again, we're located in Lutz, Florida. We can serve um, anyone who lives in the state of Florida and when things are safe for travel um, and all that kind of good stuff. Again, um, check uh, my intensive offering out. Okay. All right. That sounds that sounds great. Um, and then we can go to the um, the ART um, site and find mm-hmm. local. There, if we're not in Florida, we can find them. You know, in our area. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. And, and, and if you yeah. have a hard time finding that, then reach out to us and we can help you with that. Oh, sounds great. Yeah, because I have a lot of um, international listeners. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, my clients are, are all over the world. They're in every corner right. of the world. And um, so, you know, people are, like, perking up their ears <laughs> and Absolutely. hoping that maybe they can find it in their area. So I just wanted to make yeah. sure that, you know, that that well, would be. And an interesting caveat that the requirement that we um, provide services for people who live within our state aren't necessarily applicable to international uh, clients and, and people who live abroad. So right. Uh, right. They, there's more flexibility if someone is international than if they live in the States. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, Yolanda, this has been so fabulous. Um, I'm really, mm. really happy to um, have had you as my guest and learned about this because this is a great yeah. tool for me, um, you know, for my clients who are having mm-hmm. a very difficult time. Well, I really appreciate you following your curiosity when you saw that email (laughs) and pursuing it. And I really am thankful for your time today and and, um, our conversation is just beautiful. Oh, yes, it it really was. I've enjoyed it. Well, thank you again um, and have a wonderful day. I'm here in Florida. Our skies are a little gray, but... Are you? What's the weather like over there on the other side? A little little overcast today. Yeah, we're not used to that in Florida, are we? We're used to beautiful blue skies, but you know, I guess every once in a while we'll we'll pick a gray day. Yes, that's okay. (laughs) All right, we'll have a wonderful rest of your day. Thanks again. Thank you so much. You too. Bye bye. Okay. Bye bye. So we are out of time today, but if you have any comments or questions about today's show, you can email me at loveyourlife at randyfine.com. And guess what, guys I have and gals? Um, I have a new app, um, a mobile app. You can go to Narcissistic Abuse Awareness. You can go to the App Store to Narcissistic Abuse Awareness, and my app will come up. So and it's interactive and there's so much there. So um take a look. Anyway, thanks. May joy and serenity always be yours. Goodbye. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Visit randyfine.com, R A N D I F I N E dot com and be sure to sign up to receive updates on the latest blog posts, events, and upcoming shows. Thank you for listening.